Well, I want to encourage you to start each day with a meaningful handshake. And I'm going to tell you about a group of kindergartners in Texas who do just that. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome in. This is the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Well, our business partners today are FreshBooks and Weebly. You can go to weebly.com slash 48 days, get 15% off when you sign up to set up your own online store for your own business. Also, you can go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, enter 48 days in the how did you hear about a section to get a free unrestricted one month trial of their accounting software that help you keep things in track in your business. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, I'm a 47 year old full-time firefighter who seems to be constantly seeking a new direction and clarity in the workplace without attaining it. I find it very frustrating not being able to make decisive decisions. How do I break through this barrier? All right, we'll talk about that. Someone wants to know if there's such a thing as a caffeine coach. Can one actually make money doing that? Somebody says, Dan, I'm trying to phase out of my job over the next one to two years while I pay off some debt. I want to use the next one to two years to market and build relationships with potential clients for my business. Should I tell my current employer what I'm trying to do? Ouch. Thin ice there. Well, more questions. Dan, how do I best help my husband increase his confidence? What are Another one, what are some steps to take if your closest family members and friends are somewhat negative, glass half empty kind of people? Well, lots of questions. We'll see how many we can get through as we start the 48 minutes ticking away here. Well, our quotation for today, because there's so many that involve encouraging people who are discouraged. So our quotation comes from Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Isn't that a great visual image? A word of encouragement is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. You can give that to somebody today. You may not be able to afford real apples of gold or pitchers of silver. You can give somebody the same value by just giving them a word of encouragement. So our call to action is going to be, what could you do today to encourage someone who's discouraged? All right, let's talk about our business partners here. Fresh Books, you know I talk about this a lot, the importance of keeping your finances in order as a small business owner or as an individual. If you have a traditional job, you still need to keep your personal finances in order and it can work to your benefit dramatically in terms of tax savings if you keep track of your finances during the year. So do yourself a huge favor. Stop just digging through those piles of receipts that you've got. You can keep track of those receipts. Take a quick snapshot of it. It'll categorize them for you 
quickly. If you need to send your accountant a quick summary and the amount of tax you've collected uh, last year, uh, how about pulling together a profit and loss summary? I mean, FreshBooks can generate those kind of reports in seconds instead of the hours it would take you to try to figure out how to do them manually. You can set up uh, FreshBooks to import expenses directly from your bank accounts, which means that the next time you use your debit card for a meal, for a tank of gas or a new computer, boom, the purchase is recorded instantly in FreshBooks. Now, FreshBooks makes it easy to use. It's made for people like me who don't like dealing with numbers, don't like dealing with their taxes. I really dislike that, but it's a necessary part of running a business. So I dedicate about half a day a month to doing it, but you can stay on top of things with FreshBooks right now. You can get a 30 day unrestricted free trial. If you're a 48 days listener, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days, enter 48 days in the, how did you hear about a section? Let me know how that works for you. I want to hear from some of you. I love to hear when people take action with our business partners and uh, hear that a lot, hear from people who got new insurance with Health IQ and people who uh, set up a website with Weebly. When I started talking about Weebly, I wanted to know, is this something that I should support? I put a note out in our 48 Days Eagles community and heard from a whole bunch of people who, in fact, have used Weebly. So if you've ever thought about quitting your job, doing your own thing. You're not crazy. You're like 82 million other very seen Americans who said they'd start their own business if they could. Well, Weebly wants to see more of these people take that leap, turn their ideas into successful online businesses. So they've made it easier to get started. First, by making it dead simple to create a good looking website, but more importantly, by providing a bunch of tools that help you turn that website into a successful business. So let's say that you're an artist and you want to sell stuff online, or, or we talk a lot of, on here about authors, or you may be a sculptor. You know, there's all kinds of things that you might be wanting to do. So with Weebly, you can build an online store that helps you promote your products, your brand. It looks incredible. Then it can manage inventory, collect payments, run promotions, uh, even set up live chat with visitors on your site if you want to. That's something that's becoming more and more popular. So they can help you do all that. So whether you're looking to create a side hustle or your dream job, Weebly can help you get your idea up and running. Visit Weebly. It's just like it sounds, dot com slash 48 days for 15% off your first purchase. All right, let's go through some good news here quickly. Good news is everywhere here after happy dad holds door open for stranger she slips his son a graduation gift in return now every parent is excited to see their child graduate i mean right now here in may we've got a whole lot of graduations going on whether it's high school we're getting notices my goodness notices from grandkids and certainly a lot of others graduating from high school uh, getting associate's degree from college college degrees doctorates, law degrees, a lot of things. So Rob Edwards was doing everything he could to savor the joy of his son's academic achievement. His happiness was so contagious, it compelled a stranger to give his son a gift. Now Edwards, Rob Edwards, who's from Tampa, Florida, says he was about to walk into his local bank when he ran into the appreciative stranger. Today I was walking into the bank when I held the door open for the lady behind me. 
And then once in the door, I, she waited for me to go in front of her. I said, by all means, go in front of me. Today my son graduates. I'm slowing down and I want to savor every minute. He says, we carried on additional small talk about being lucky to have made it before the bank closed and the joys, fun, and hard times of having an 18-year-old. I then stepped up to the teller and proceeded with my transaction. As he was talking with the banker, however, the woman who had been in front of him slipped an envelope under the counter from under his arm and said, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. Confused by the gesture, Edwards thanked the woman, finished up his transaction, then looked inside the envelope and found a crisp $50 bill. Floored by the gesture, the dad ran outside, saw the woman getting into her vehicle, walked up to her car and told her, I can't take this. She said, when you talk about your boy, you glow. You're a blessing to him, so I want to bless him too. I was so touched, he said. I don't know her name. I've never seen her before, but I'll never forget her love. Well, cool kind of thing. Lady just got excited about the dad's excitement about his son and wanted to share in their excitement. That's the way happiness is. It's contagious. It spreads to people around you. Well, here's a couple who discovered buried treasure worth $52,000 in their backyard and they returned it all to the owners. This is pretty interesting. This is not the way I thought this was going to end. I'll tell you why in a minute. So, you know, a lot of people associate buried treasure with pirates and fairy tales, which is why this New York couple was flabbergasted to find themselves in the possession of a rusty old safe containing nearly $52,000 in cash and valuables. Now the safe had been sitting in their backyard for years. So Matthew and Maria Emanuel, Staten Island, always knew that there was a metal box back in the trash, back in the foliage in their backyard, but they just assumed it was some kind of an electrical box. Now recently, they decided, decided to hire a landscaper to clean that out and clean it up, replace the greenway. So it was then they discovered that that old box was really a 100-pound safe. So they pulled it up under their porch, pried the door open, and were shocked to find it was filled with cash and priceless gems. It says all there, there were all these bags with hundreds of in jewelry, diamonds, engagement rings, dozens, rings, gold and jade. It was stunning. They peeled apart a roll of $100 bills. They then found a piece of paper with their next door neighbor's address on it. Now, this is where it takes a different turn. Now, obviously, if you buy a house and there's a safe on there and you open it up, you own it, rightfully so. But what they did, they opened it and found a piece of paper with their neighbor's address in it. So they went over to the neighbor's house, knocked on the door, asked if they had ever been robbed. And they said they had been. According to the NYPD, the neighbors had filed a report for a stolen safe back in 2011 that contained $52,000 in valuables. But the officers told the neighbors they would most likely never see their their property ever again. Well, (laughs) they returned it. The neighbors did. Now, this is, you know, this has some interesting twists to it. Was it rightfully this couple's property. Yeah, it was. And if there were no way to track down an owner, certainly it would be theirs. However, the story takes a twist when they found in the safe 
the name and address of the next door neighbors and were able to put together a valid story that they in fact had been robbed. They did. They were able to describe the safe just as it was. They were even able to describe everything that was in it. That's a different story. That does require you simply return it to the owner. It reminds me of the story in the Bible that I've never really tried, been able to kind of get my head around. And that is where a guy was out in a field and he discovered a buried treasure. And so he quickly went and sold everything that he had and bought that piece of property so he could then claim the treasure that he knew was there. I've always wondered, now, how is that really fair to know that it's there and know, let's say a struggling farmer owns it. You know there's buried treasure there. And so you scrape enough money together to buy the farm at just a regular value and then go get the treasure. I've never been able to get my head around that deeper theology than what old Dan Miller can understand, I think. But somehow it seems like a kind of a, a scam to do that. Well, there's probably a hidden spiritual message there that I've missed all these years. Feel free to share that with me. Well, here's one. Husband plants field of flowers for blind wife to smell. And it's so spectacular it gets visitors. When his wife lost her eyesight, a farmer planted thousands of fragrant flowers around their home so she could find her way back from sadness. Now, this is a couple on a dairy farm in Japan, been married for 30 years. They had a herd of 60 cows and the wife went blind from complications due to diabetes. So she began to withdraw from life, no longer talking to people, locking herself away inside their house. So one day her husband noticed this really bright fuchsia colored flower growing on the farm. He knew his wife couldn't enjoy looking at it, but then he thought about its powerful fragrance and an idea blossomed. So he started planting flowers. Now, there's some pictures. You can look this up. He started planting pictures. And I mean, it's dramatic. But the, the aroma from these is amazing. And his wife did, in fact, begin to open up again. The fragrance lured her out of the house. She began interacting with visitors who came by to see the flowers, which led her totally away from her life as a recluse. Just a sweet thing for a guy to do for his wife, planting flowers so she could enjoy the aroma. And it changed her life. Well, here's one. A sixth grade teacher wrote, invite me to your Harvard graduation. And 21 years later, the student did just that. Judith Tonesing didn't just teach her students, she inspired them. This is a sixth grade teacher from Yuma, Arizona. She made a strong impact on one of her students 21 years ago. At the end of the school year in 1997, Judith wrote a note on the student's report card. It has been a joy to have you in class. Keep up the good work. Invite me to your Harvard graduation. This week, the student, Kristen Gilmer, graduated from Harvard as a doctor of public health. Gilmer, who is now 33, was only 12 years old at the time. She kept the message all these years. It meant a lot to me to know that outside my mom, someone who knew me so intimately believed in my dreams and my ability to accomplish them. So Gilmer, who wrote a thank you note prior to her graduation, said Tonsing was the first person to encourage her in the journey of studying public health. Mrs. Judy Tunsing taught me about current events, global health, and human rights. She was the first person who passionately conveyed the plight of people living with, with HIV and AIDS to me, the letter said. This letter quickly grabbed the attention of school administrators who decided to honor the teacher by inviting her to the 2018 Harvard School of Public Health convocation. 
So she came, what a great story, encouraged by a teacher. Boy, I remember teachers that encouraged me along the way. Poor little farm kid in Ohio, but I remember those teachers, Mrs. Morgan in the second grade, who encouraged me, told me my art was beautiful, took a picture that I drew of irises to the county fair. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I still remember that all these years later. Well, here's another school story. This one, kindergarten class starts every day with a meaningful handshake. Ashley Taylor has been a teacher for 18 years, and every morning she has her littles, it says her little students, start their day the same way with a handshake and a smile. A video that Taylor posted on Facebook last week shows her kindergartners at Keene Elementary School in North Texas lining up to give a big handshake to a classmate. She says this is a daily practice. Every day, one student acts as the greeter and stands at the classroom door. All the other kids line up to give the greeter a handshake and say good morning before walking into the classroom to take their seats. Taylor hopes this simple practice makes a powerful difference in her students' development. Well, in the, in the video, there's a little boy who's the greeter and his fellow class, classmates greet him with a handshake and a smile. And then some of the kids give him a hug. In fact, once that started, all the other kids followed suit. I'll give him a handshake and a hug. But I mean, what, what a cool way to start the day. Taylor, the teacher, says the morning handshake teaches the greeter and the rest of the class good manners and that someone is on their side. Well, she says... You know, the school shootings that have happened in Texas have been a real eye-opener. Maybe if some of those kids had felt like someone was on their side, things would have happened differently. I understand there are lots of factors that play into those situations, but what if, you know? Taylor believes each of her littles deserves a classroom where they know they are accepted and have friends, and this positive interaction at the start of their day can help them learn that. That's a cool thing. There are a lot of things we can uh, criticize our academic systems for these days, but boy, to take, have, find a teacher who takes the initiative to do that, that's a pretty cool thing. That's the kind of thing you want your kids involved in. Now, I got an update from Phil. Last week, I, I read a note from Phil who was a band director and looking to make a career change. Was wondering about publishing his sheet music, but there were some limitations. We talked about all the opportunities to turn that into, you know, seminar, workshop, teaching online, a course, and so on. Well, he said, I got a note back. This is Phil, the band director. I just wanted to thank you for the helpful advice you gave on your May 25th podcast. I live in North Carolina, was on my return flight from Los Angeles when I decided to catch up on my podcast. I nearly jumped out of my seat with excitement when I heard you answer my question. After hearing your suggestion, I'm evaluating my existing teaching material and seeing how it might translate or be formulated for an online course or website. I've also checked out Scott Houston's YouTube channel as well. I'd mentioned Scott Houston has videos out there, tons of them on how to play the piano. And I'm sure makes a significant income from that. Uh, Phil says, my career change process has been slow these last few years, but they're becoming clear since reading your book. I'm learning that one's income can be comprised of a few mini careers, so to speak. I myself have recently begun learning music production software in order to post and sell stock music. I continue to teach privately. Now I'm looking into your suggestions. Thanks for the great advice. I appreciate all you do. Sincerely, Phil. Well, cool. Phil, I love to hear when somebody has uh, heard some new information and has taken action on that. So give us an update in six months about what you've done with that. You know, these mini careers or these small 
multiple streams of income. I mean, yesterday we had our weekly call with the coaching mastery coaches, 48 days coaching mastery coaches. And we were sharing about the things that we're doing for multiple streams of income. And it's just delightful to hear people who understand this principle and are building all these little pockets of income. I listed, um, I, I listed 11, 11 things that I do that uh, create income. A lot of those don't require much of my time. There's systems that have been put into place, but um, very clear, distinct areas with uh, income projections in each one for the year 2018. I love that kind of model. I've used that for many, many years. Well, this comes from Danny who says, actually, Danny's in England, says, uh, hello, Dan, I'm a 47-year-old full-time firefighter who seems to be constantly seeking a new direction and clarity in the workplace without attaining it. I'm an SI on the DISC profile system and find it very frustrating in not being able to make decisive decisions. How do I break through this barrier? I crave adventure, freedom, and acquiring a whole new skill set uh, the thought of making a new commitment, I wonder what else I would be missing out on, a mental barrier that ties me in knots at times, a fresh perspective would be most welcome. Well, a couple things here, Danny, you're, you find it hard to make decisions. You know, you're just waffling on that. Well, in 48 Days to the Work You Love, I lay out a process that Joanna and I have used for 50 years in making decisions in a two-week period of time. So that's what we allow, even on major decisions, um, just um, this last week, bought Joanne a new car. Well, I've been looking for about two weeks. I narrowed down what, well, here's the process. The, the, the step-by-step process is identify where you are now. Then get the advice and opinion of other people who you trust. So you expand the opportunities, expand the options that you're looking at. So get a list of possibilities that you could do, but then knowing what you know about yourself do a little more research, narrow down to three or four that really would fit. Research those a little bit more, then choose the best one and act. Now that's a clear process and you can do that in two weeks on anything, whether it involves career, um, going back to school to get another degree, what kind of house you're going to buy, you know, where you're going to go to church, all those things. Now that's a process that I use like buying a car for Joanne. So we decided that she wanted another SUV. Um, she had been driving sedans uh, prior to the SUV that she has now, but she learned to really like it. it. likes the convenience, the room in the back and all of that. So we decided on, on another one. We didn't want a really big one. We didn't want a really small one. We wanted one comparable to the one that she's been driving. So I narrowed down the search and more and more. Then I defined how many miles I would tolerate on it, what year range, what colors, and all that just had fun searching. So I found one uh, last Saturday morning that was down in Hamilton, Alabama. It's a three-hour drive from where we are. I called the guy, talked to him, was more impressed as I talked to him. We drove down, uh, had a delightful drive all the way down, and uh, looked at it and decided, yes, in fact, we would. We purchased it, Drove back together, had fun uh, caravanning back together as well. But uh, that's the way that we approach a decision. So I would encourage you, you know, don't let yourself just go on and on with the decision that needs to be made. Now, as it regards work, you're, you're saying, you know, you want a new direction, clarity in the workplace. You may move from being a firefighter to something else. Here are things that we look for. In the book Drive, Daniel Pink 
said there are three things that we have to have in place for work to really be meaningful. Those three things are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Now, let me just expand on those just, just briefly. So autonomy, even though you may be working for a company, you still want the opportunity to direct your own life, to feel like there's something that you're in charge of. So there's that. So this doesn't mean that you, you need to just go off on your own and be a solo printer. No, not at all. People who work in companies need autonomy. The second one is mastery. That's the opportunity to get better and better at something that matters. So you're improving, not just robotically doing the same thing you were doing 10 years ago. Mastery. And then number three is purpose. I mean, the opportunity to be involved in something larger than ourselves. I mean, I think about, you know, my friend Dave Ramsey's organization, Golly, the people who are involved there are not just there because they'll get a paycheck. The people are there because they're passionate about the message of helping people get out of the, the burden of debt and move into the freedom that comes from being debt free. They're committed to the purpose. So those are the three things you can look for those, expect those, desire those autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Now, Mark says, this is kind of funny. He says, I just got an offer through coachme.com to work with a coach to get me off caffeine. A caffeine coach? Can one actually make money doing that? I've gotten off caffeine more than once. I've consistently chosen to stay on it. But I quit. Does that qualify me to be a caffeine coach? Um, God, he, he says, he says, Dan, I value your opinion, but is the world going crazy? I think coaching is great for many, many things, but caffeine? Well, <laughs> the, the only question is, are there people who want help in getting off caffeine? If there are, then certainly there's an opportunity for people to be a caffeine coach. Now, we have people coming through our coaching program, and I mean the directions they take are surprising. It, it goes on and on and on. I mean, I, I, I have, I have a B coach. Now I'm talking B E E. I have a lady who I pay who here, here's how this was set up. I've always wanted to have bees on our property. And, uh, my son-in-law, Nathan actually set up bees and he took care of them, but now they've been living on the road for a couple years. So they're not here. So the question was, am I going to get somebody else to come and take care of bees or am I going to learn to do it myself? I hired a bee coach. I have a hive here in our property. She has a hive. Whatever honey is produced in her hive is hers. Whatever is produced in my hive is mine. But in addition, I pay her. I pay, it's a small amount. I think I'm paying her like a hundred dollars a month, but I'm paying her to coach me. So I can, she, this gal's really experienced. I mean, she has 50 hives, various places. Her brother has over 700. She knows bees, their habits and the whole thing. So she's teaching me. So every time she comes out, I put on my suit, my hat, the whole deal, my gloves, and I go out with her and I'm learning about taking care of my own bees. So she's a coach. Now, who would have thought that would be a coaching area a few years ago? But sure. So if you want to get off caffeine and there's somebody who'll help you do that, having a caffeine coach is totally, totally legit. No question about it. Well, hey, just a quick reminder here. If you've got a question, I'd be delighted to review it for an upcoming podcast here. 
uh, just shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. Now, I, I hear from people, you know, we get a lot of immediate updates from people. And that's the thing about doing a weekly show. I mean, I don't do these in batches and then archive them where you're hearing something that I recorded you know, six months ago. No, that doesn't happen. Every single one is fresh, current, up-to-date. That way I can respond to people who I uh, addressed a question for in the previous week, like I just did today here. So send those in, but I also love to hear the success stories, uh, good news. I mean, a lot of the good news that I'm getting at this point is coming from you, the listeners, who are pointing me to those kind of stories. I love it. Appreciate it. Just send those notes again to askdan at 48 days.com. You know, in doing that, I'm going to scroll back up here. There's something that when I first start out this morning, looking at the notes that are coming in, as you know, I get a whole lot of notes in that email box. Ask Dan, that are people wanting to be in a podcast, wanting to promote books, wanting me to wanting to know if they can have uh, content, if they can post a guest blog on our site. I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff like that. People just reaching out cold. I'm trying to get my head around it. I don't see that as an effective method. I've never done that kind of thing to develop relationships and expand my own uh, center of influence, but uh, people are trying everything these days, it seems. Uh, so here's so here's a note that I got. Price Sherry is the name. Hello, dear, is how it starts out. I'm Sherry. It's my now, I'm not making fun of anybody here, but you get a sense of the broad scope of how people reach out in ineffective ways. So I'm going to read it to you just as I see it. I'm Sherry. It's my great honor to send you this email because I really would like to work with you and your website attracts my eyes. We have an online store about curtains and would like to know if we can have a chance to do cooperation with you at this time. Following is our collaborative list. Please kindly let me know some other ways of cooperation if possible. Waiting for your reply for cooperation price details. Well, her, my website attracts her eyes. Well, well how nice. It, it, I mean, obviously, this is somebody who is probably not that familiar with um, the American culture. And they have an online store about curtains. And her contacted me. Now, what, what is there about 48 days that would be a fit for curtains? Well, that's the way that people are just using everything to reach out. And obviously, I scan through those uh, pretty quickly. Those are not the kind of questions that I'm looking for. But if you've got a legitimate question, just again, shoot it to askdan at 48days.com. Now, Phil says... I'm trying to start an audit and risk consulting firm geared toward financial institutions. However, I'm currently employed by a financial institution and I'm trying to phase out of my job over the next one to two years while I pay off some debt. I want to use the next one to two years to market and build relationships with potential clients for my business and maybe do a few freelance projects on the side. My question is, should I tell my employer what I'm trying to do? I really like my job and don't want to put it in jeopardy. All my business pursuits would be off company time. No, 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 that would don't, don't do that. I mean, you're excited about what you're going to do. You're starting your own business and you're nurturing, building relationships now while you're working for this company. I mean, even if you're close friends with the business owner and they're excited about your overall success, 
this is going to be seen immediately as an unplugging of commitment to the work that they want you to do. There's just, uh, there's just no realm that I can imagine where this would be a good decision, especially one to two years out. I mean, if you tell them that you're building these relationships and you're going to start your own uh, consulting firm, they may say, well, you know, since that's your real area of interest, you know, we really don't need you here anymore. Why don't you just clean your desk out and make this your last day? I mean, that's a very legitimate response. You don't want to do that. You don't want to open the door. You don't want to make yourself. Now here's, think about this. When we elect a new president in November and inauguration day is not until January, what do we call the president in between that period of time? We call him a lame duck. A lame duck president. That means it's already been voted out of office, but he still holds a position for another roughly two months. That's what you're talking about here, where they know you're not going to be there. They know that you're not concerned about their overall success. You're building something on your own. Now, does this happen? Sure. There's a lot of employers that understand people who are working for them have side businesses going on. But to be fully committed that you're going to transition out into your own business and to let your employer know that, no, that would not be a good, a good decision. Don't do that. All right, this one comes from Bonnie who says, how can I best help my husband increase his confidence? My wonderful husband is in his 40s and recently graduated from college. His career has included a variety of jobs that lose their appeal once the initial challenge is conquered. He recently told me about a meeting where his coworkers expressed a great deal of appreciation and praise, but each one concluded with, but you lack confidence. He is depressed. He longs for something fulfilling and feels that there's no hope. I recently purchased your book and we we're reading, discussing it together. Please help me help him. He is amazing and one of the kindest, most honest people you'll ever meet. Wow. What a, what a sweet note from a wife who wants to help her husband in this. I mean, you, you want to encourage him, but not in just a vague kind of way. You're great. You can do it. Help research. If you're going through 48 days to the work you love together, help define what is he good at? What are skills that he has that he could really engage where he could feel confident in doing those? So you make a concrete plan. So it's not just blanket encouragement. You're the greatest, even if he's discouraged and depressed. No, help him define a clear path. Now here's, here's the deal. I've never encountered somebody who is depressed, who has a clear sense of goals about the future. It's the people who don't have clarity about the future who are depressed, discouraged, frustrated, angry, resentful, As soon as we can get them clear on here's where I'm going to be three years from now, those negative emotions start to diminish and confidence, enthusiasm, boldness begin to increase dramatically. So that's the real question. Your husband's not clear on what he's going to seeing what he's going from those feelings of discouragement, depression can continue. So your role as a wife is to help him get clear on where does he want to be three years from now? If you can do that, that's the best kind of encouragement that you can give. You know, I got a quote here from Joel Osteen who says, encouragement to others is something everyone can give. Somebody needs what you have to give. It may not be your money. It may not 
be your time. It may be your listening ear. It may be your arms to encourage. It may be your smile to uplift. Who knows? Well, those are all little things we can all do with people around us. But certainly, if it's a spouse, you want to be very clear, very specific in the kind of help that you can give somebody to move forward out of discouragement and into that season of confidence. All right, this comes from Brenda. Another another similar one. After failing a job performance review at a company he worked for for 26 years, my husband is faced at the age of 64 with coming up with a new career. A job coach gave him your book two years ago as an assignment, but he never completed it. What can a Christian wife do besides nagging, which doesn't work, to help her husband find a new path and a new direction? Part-time work at the local big box store is just not getting him anywhere. Help. Well, golly, I understand your address is right here in Nashville. I know exactly the road you live on. (sighs) Tough situation, you know. 64 failed a job performance review and it's tough does that mean that's the end of the line he has to just hold his breath for a year to then start drawing social security no there's a lot of people who are starting encore careers at 64 65 74 75 you know i mean here's the thing when when people retire there are three things that are very very dangerous no money no friends no purpose. Now, even one of those being absent is dangerous. And obviously, if we combine more than one, it gets even steeper. So, but the biggest thing that people are lacking, the biggest thing that I encounter, I talk to a lot of people who have retired, they have money, they may even have friends, but without purpose, wow, that's really deadly not having a reason to get up in the morning. I mean, that's the thing that causes people to age dramatically. I mean, we see people who retired two years ago and and they aged 15 years in those last two years. Not because anything changed really health-wise, but because they don't have a purpose and not having a purpose is very, very destructive. So your husband has to figure out what is his purpose. He can go back and revisit what he thought his purpose, his calling, his mission, his destiny was when he was 25 years old. You know, for a lot of us, I mean, it doesn't really become clear until we're probably mid forties or so anyway, but go back and revisit that. I did an interview yesterday with Sean Askinosi of Askinosi Chocolate, uh, arguably the best chocolate in the world, certainly attested to by many people like Seth Godin. Sean was a criminal defense attorney extremely successful, but he was absolutely confident that if he didn't get out of it, it was going to kill him, literally kill him. So he got out. It was a period of time for searching for what was his purpose? What was his mission? What was his destiny? What was God's calling? And it really took him not just navel gazing, not just totally focused on himself, me, myself, and I. It took stepping out of that. He started volunteering at the local hospital in palliative care, which is essentially hospice in the hospital, people who know they're dying. And he would just go visit them, sit with them, pray with them. And it was in doing that that he started to get clarity. So maybe there's something there. Maybe your husband needs to take a week and get away somehow 
just not be thinking about this so hard, but to move himself away from that and get the, the get the clarity. But in the meantime, certainly you you don't need to nag. You want to continue to encourage them. John Maxwell says a word of encouragement from a teacher to a child can change a life. A word of encouragement from a spouse can save a marriage. A word of encouragement from a leader can inspire a person to reach your potential. Boy, I think about over the time, over the years, all the times when I was changing, chasing something new. I think about Joanne's response to that. I mean, she's an amazing encourager. She's always believed in me, even when I'm chasing a wild rabbit that I probably shouldn't be. You know, she believes that I can accomplish that, encourages me, compliments me on the things that I do. You know, hopefully I do the same for her and things and endeavors that are important to her. But uh, golly, what a blessing to have that. So if you continue to be that, your husband, Brenda, uh, that can get him through this period and into another successful season of his life. Now, this comes from somebody who says, Dan, I would prefer to remain anonymous on this question. I'm writing in again because I want to recap. I want to recap more details on a steps to take. If your closest family members and friends are somewhat negative, glass half empty in their opinions. I'm trying to jumpstart my career and it's depressing to get negative feedback from all around me. Also, I emphasize that it is family and close friends. Well, we've addressed this many, many times here, and it is a challenging issue for sure, because, you know, we, we use the old Jim Rohn quotation. You probably get tired of me here and talking about that. You, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, and people say, wow, the people that are around me, the people I work with, the people I live with, they're not the kind of people I want to be. How can I change that? Well, this is not to just uh, start your life over, just to drop out and go move to Hawaii and start over again. Certainly, most of us can't do that. But you can choose to have boundaries on time that you spend with people who are negative, who are the glass half empty kind of people. I mean, there are family members you may choose to decide that you're going to spend two hours on Easter and Christmas with them, but that's it. Not two days, not two weeks, two hours. You may want to pick up a copy of the Henry Cloud classic books, Boundaries, and then a newer one is Necessary Endings. Both of those are books that Joanna and I have drawn from heavily over the years about establishing boundaries with people who even may be family members, but people who we knew would be destructive to our confidence, boldness, enthusiasm, moving forward into positive areas of our life. So you have to do that. And you have to seek out those people who may not be family members or current friends who will encourage you. I mean, that's the thing about going to higher levels of success. When you want to change the life that you have now, it's not uncommon at all for people who know you well, who work with you, who are already close to you, to want to keep you the same. That big of a change can be intimidating. You know, when you decide you're going to go out and start your own business, you got it all mapped out. Don't expect your coworkers to be your biggest fans in doing that. You know, they're going to say, oh, what are you thinking? You know, you're going to give up your 401k. You know, your retirement plan is almost fully vested. Are you nuts? You know, nobody makes it out there. You know, you're going to starve. I mean, that's the kind of thing you might hear from people that you work with who really are friends of yours, but they're not fans of the new direction you've chosen for yourself. 
And unfortunately, sometimes that includes family members. When you decide you're going to go do something else, ah, I mean, even, even success is often intimidating to family members. It's people get the sense you're a show off, you know, wow, you know, you just got a new book deal. Uh, You get a book published, you sold a piece of art or you have an online course where you made $30,000 over a weekend, you know, be careful about sharing those kind of success stories with people who are stuck in their own lives. They're probably not going to be your biggest fans. They'll poke holes in it. And in some ways, even look for ways to sabotage it. So look carefully for the people who will encourage you, who will cheer you on in a way that you want to cheer on others as well. Well, I've got lots more notes here. Got a note from a lady who says, um, my life is a daily torture. I've done everything God has asked me and my family has all but deserted me. Uh, So I am desperately lonely. I've considered suicide many times and I cling to a glossomer thread of belief that God still has a plan for me, though I doubt my ability to execute anything in my weakness. I feel like Job sitting alone next to a dung heap with no strength left. Well, golly. I, I wish we could go deeper and connect more personally with some of the questions that come in. Some of these, I mean, recognize that some of the things that come in, I do refer to counselors and coaches to follow up. We do a lot of connection for people that write in with desperate situations. I uh, heard, uh, had a story sent to us last night about a, a lady who is leaving with her children this morning to go to a domestic violence shelter. Well, we, um, I offered to, uh, she wasn't sure about having transportation and I offered to provide a car for her to rent a car for her to use as long as she wanted to get her out of that situation. And look for ways to give people encouragement and hope in these challenging times. So the call to action, as you know, we've already talked about it. The call to action is what could you do today to encourage someone who is discouraged and what is it that you could do that would just lift somebody's spirits but oh, I don't want to I don't want to end on a on a down note at all and it certainly should not be this can be very encouraging when you know how to encourage somebody else I mean what a gift what a gift that is better than you know better than money and a lot of other things just knowing how to encourage people can be a real gift but there are a lot of people that are looking for that I mean, identify somebody when you're walking down the street today who has their eyes down. Try to make eye contact with them. Just give them a smile. See how that could lift their spirits. Engage with somebody, like in one of the good news stories today. You know, talk to somebody when you're in line at the bank. Find out what's going on in their life. Share their happiness. If they're struggling, give them a word of encouragement. Those are the kind of things we can all do to help move our lives forward giving benefits us as well as the recipient goodness we know that it's an old adage more blessed to give than to receive it's more fun in a lot of ways i've been on both sides of that equation but it is it's a whole lot more fun to be able to give so 
take your opportunities today to give to encourage somebody. If you need somebody to, to link arms with, check out the 48 Days Eagles community. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. We got some new videos there, testimonials from people who are in there that are mind blowing. So check out 48dayseagles.com. We'd love to see you in there. Uh, and you'll be surrounded by people immediately. Even if you don't have family members that are encouraging you, you'd be surrounded by people immediately in there who are in fact going to encourage you. Thanks for being part of this amazing group where we are making the world a better place because we are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Thank you.